Welcome back to the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast for another week. Today we're joined by friend of the show, Tom Volk, to discuss all things baseball and the World Baseball Classic. So buckle up for another hour of mediocre sports talk. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Start your engines! 90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. The show that's got everyone saying... You're so dumb, for real. With Smitty. What you just said is one of the most idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Mitty. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? you. That's my name. This is the Smitty Mini Show. Welcome back or welcome to, I don't know, the Smitty and Mini Show. I'm welcoming myself back into the country and it is an absolute honor to be talking to you again for the next hour of mediocre sports talk on the Smitty and Mini Show. Tyler Middleton here, Noah Smith, my trusted partner to my side. Let's take our sponsors. Dave Middleton, Sunlight Financial Life is brighter under the sun, gold line curling, the choice of champions. Mr. Smith, it is great to see your beautiful shining face yet again. Yeah, always good to have you back. Uh, week off, you don't realize how much you miss Mitty until he's gone for a week, but that's all right. Uh, you fill things in. Uh, thanks once again, Dylan Baker, for hopping on. When in doubt, phone Dylan Baker. That is my uh, my motto when you go away for a week. When in doubt, phone Dylan, talk about baseball. Oddly enough, he actually uh, he messaged me after. I had him on, obviously. I don't know what you were doing a year ago, but the exact same week a year ago, I also had him on the show. So it's just a yearly thing. Maybe he goes away in March. I bring on Dylan. We talk Blue Jays. I probably had COVID. That's probably when I was really sick. Maybe. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah, so thanks for bringing that back, uh, that memory, Dylan and Noah. I appreciate that. If you are sitting at home right now and wondering to yourself, when was the last time I heard Tom Volk talk? Well, you don't have to wait very much longer. <laughs> Tom Volk is going to join us here on the show in about five minutes' time. <laughs> if you know anything about Tom Volk, you're going to get him for the rest of the show. Tom. That should be, that should be Tom's, like, that should be his Twitter bio. He should have a t-shirt that says that. If you haven't heard me talk, hold on. <laughs> yeah, give me two oh. seconds. Tom, Tom loves to talk, and we're going to talk to him uh, in segments two and segments three for what is going to end up being about a bulk of the show, probably like 90% of it. So, But like everything that – there's nothing that Tom says that doesn't need to be there. Everything he says is the smartest baseball talk you've ever heard. He is such a brilliant man in every facet of the world, but especially when it comes to baseball. He is one of the best baseball minds in this country. And when we have an opportunity to have him on this show and we get some time with him, we we tend to take a little bit longer. And yeah, I think it's like 40 minutes with him this week, but it's 40 minutes of extremely intelligent baseball talk. Yeah. And it's always our favorite to bring him on. Uh, Tom was one of our first, like what episode was Tom on? Like four? Well, like- I think technically it was, number four but it was our second it was our second guest yeah so that would have been episode three uh so like the second ever guest we've had on the show um and even then i think we talked for 40 minutes uh we've had him on uh three questions three questions that day (laughs) we got we got like one and a half questions each if you do the math on three um but we've had him on with bob elliott 
And the two of those together, like poor Bob didn't get like any words in because Tom just talks, talks, talks like the conversation between those two. And then to bring them all onto the show together, we need a three hour segment to get through a conversation with Tom. And even that's probably not going to do it because he then can- again, like we could just sit there. If, if we could just put Mr. Elliot, Mr. Volk in the same room and let them talk and then throw Mr. Hamilton in there as well. You can have one of the best baseball segments that has ever been put together. Like a, to be a fly on the wall in a room with those three gentlemen. And, and we're leaving off some 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 big names, some guys that have been around Canadian baseball for a long time and, and know a lot. But these guys, they've got connections. They know the ins and outs of Baseball Canada. Uh, they know the ins and outs of baseball in general. Um, and anyways, like we said, not to go off on a tangent here, but Tom Volk will join us in just a little bit here on the Smitty Mitty Show. And we couldn't be more excited for it. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's one way of putting it. Uh, so Team Canada, like, what do we have here? A couple seconds to wrap up? Yeah, you got a minute. Okay. Well, that is not enough time to do what I wanted to do, so I'm not going to get in. <laughs> so we're, we're going to talk just... about Team Canada and the WBC with Mr. Volk uh, coming up here in just two seconds. And why don't we just uh, go ahead and bring him in? Yeah, I feel like we're just trying to fill in the time, but we might as well. We really well don't need it. to. We don't need to because we got Tom coming up, and Tom will fill in all the time. We need to. We're going to go to break here on the Smitty and Mitty Show. Tom Falk will join us on the other side. Goldline would like to thank the sponsors, the volunteers, and the fans for making the Port Elgin Chrysler 23 Ontario Tankard and Scotties presented by Bruce Power such a great success. Curling has everything you're looking for in a pastime. Get started with equipment from Goldline, the choice of champions. Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things, get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today. I'm in remission. Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in King Carden and Port Elgin. This is the Smitty and Mitty Show. Welcome back to the Smitty and Mitty Show for another week. Joining us here, old friend of the show, Tom Volk. Tom, welcome back. Good to have you on the show again. And it's always great to be with you guys. We're going to have some fun. And we're going to kick the kick the fun off because... Uh, we were talking before the World Baseball Classic, Canada just kind of wrapping up the, at least their preliminary round uh, at games. We'll see what happens with the tie breaks as we record here on Wednesday. But, uh, I mean, I personally just I, – I think the intentions behind the World Baseball Classic are there, but I just don't know how you do it properly. Is there a proper way to have a best-on-best best baseball tournament? Because that's not what we saw this week. Well, it can start with this. It's done at the wrong time of year. it it, we're always and we're not the only country that loses great players but when we lose Joey Votto and we lose Josh Naylor we don't have a go-to guy that's just like him almost you know like the Americans do for example that that's a big loss to us and and I don't like I I never criticize players they they the Canadians they love playing for Team Canada um they have a really good time they they uh uh you know they they uh uh, it'll never be up here on the record, but you know the the night before the, the the night they get there, they normally go to Morno's house. Walker goes to all the WalMarts and buys all the hockey sticks. 
someone else brings beer and they go into a church parking lot and play road hockey in 90 degree Arizona. And it's against all of their contracts to do that stuff. But we're Canadians and that's what goes on reportedly, allegedly. I better not get them in trouble. Um, you know, they love going there. But I mean, there's just everyone has good reasons and you can't blame them, you know. And so but the thing is, um, why uh, the only reason they don't do it at the end of the postseason is that these kind of dinosaur people, which aren't dinosaurs in the way of new rules and shortening games and all these new fad things, statistics and all that and metrics and analytics but yet they feel like no the the lure of the world series the ominence has to just carry through the winter we can't just run the world baseball yes you can no one's going to forget the world series and and at the end of that season everybody can play everyone's unless you've just kind of run out of innings if you're a pitcher or something like that but you're you're in uh game shape maybe the teams in the world series itself don't play because that could be when the uh the WBC is, you know, putting their lineups together or whatnot. But uh, I, I think that's number one. And I, and I think it would sell. I think people would watch it. I know we got hockey starting and football and all that stuff, but uh, I, I've just never thought that March was the right time for this. When you talk about some of the big names that in, in particular Canada misses, does changing the time of the world baseball classic get you those guys back though? Because I don't know if a guy like Joey Votto is going to want to play in the world baseball classic after an 162 game season it just doesn't seem like no matter where you put it he's a guy that's gonna want to join team canada am i wrong in thinking that no that's a great question um i just think yeah the guy's gonna be beat up especially joey because he's now you know getting into the upper 30s and whatnot but um i think he'd also say but you know i'm in game shape i'm gonna be with the guys it's gonna be a week and then i got I don't have it in spring training. I don't have to try to get better early in spring training and have my timing down and all that stuff. Did you see? Oh no, we'll get into Votto a big again when we talk about the pitch clock. I hope we talk about that. Um, I love this one at bat where he just stayed in the box the entire time. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, um, yeah. I know. I think we'd get. A, I think we'd have a better chance of getting people. I think it would, the, all the owners wouldn't have all these worries because they're in season form still. You know, they might have to just sort of drag it out a bit more, but. it's, the pitchers got lots of innings in their arms. The hitters, you know, have, have their timing down. They've seen a lot of great pitching. I don't know. I think that I, I would absolutely at least try it because um, I don't think March is the answer. But here, here's my theory. I and I'm not a this baseball savant by any means, but I have ideas. And I think the MLB does this to simply grow the game internationally. And I mean, it does that. You saw Great Britain win a game and. And pubs and and schools were going crazy over there. I, I get that. But how many of those players were actually like from Great Britain or from, you know, like some of those things are like we we got Otto Lopez who who yes, was not born in Canada and moved there. Like that all bugs me. But if we're just looking directly at the timing of the tournament, I think if the MLB is the one pushing this through, then they need to figure out some way that in a world baseball classic year. You only play 140 games in the regular season, 142 games, whatever. You cut games off so that you can extend that break during the All-Star break and play it there. Play it mid-season when the guys are in season, ready to go. And then you're not worrying about your you're not worrying about your World Series and you're making more money than you would have been in the All-Star game anyways, which is what the only reason the All-Star game is there too. And you might just get even if you don't get more guys who want to come, at least you're not seeing pitchers 
who are studs and can only throw 30 pitches. At least they're stretched out to 100 pitches, and you can see them perform and see the batters perform in a way that they should. Many, I didn't know that um, the unicorn card was allowed to be played on our show today, but I am jumping on the, uh, the unicorn with you, and let's ride that thing. That's exactly I, – I, I was a little bit embarrassed to say it when I started talking about doing it after the season because if I was the commissioner, like if I, if I had – the power because this fight that you and I are about to join hands and fight and the unicorns probably more likely than us happening doing that. But absolutely. Here's what we should do. Have the, have the all-star game every two years in those off years. One of those off years is the Olympic games. Whenever it is, if the Olympics are in August or September, that's when the all-star break. Well, that's when the break is where we send all the guys to the Olympics or two years later, the WBC, because they alternate on um, four years. Like, uh, like, so what is it now? It's 2023. So the next one of these will be 2027. And when's the Olympics? 2024. So something's off there. Well, anyway, we'd have to get that fixed. They, they juggle things like that all the time. But just, in other words, Olympics, Summer Olympics, 24-28, they're already set. So the next WBC, if this was all going to work, should be 26 and then 30. So that every other year, we're going to have either the Olympics or WBC. Those two years don't have the All-Star game. You're not going to have the All-Star game with all the leftovers because it won't be an All-Star game. People should... Major League Baseball should want people to watch the international stuff and put the WBC right smack in one of the All-Star, but you can have it right on the same July dates that the, uh, the All-Star game is now. Now we're talking. Now we got guys fresh. No one's going to say no. Um, it's going to be hugely watched. Everyone's in good season form. And all we got to do is sacrifice the All-Star game. And I'll go you one further. I say in those years where it's going to be a little longer than the All-Star break, which is arguably – four to five days for some teams. Okay, it's got to stretch out to 10. The, the other guys can stay stay in good enough shape by getting a live BP and whatnot. But also, don't forget there used to be called something called a doubleheader. And I know we, they scheduled some this year even, but maybe that year you schedule a doubleheader a month and that makes up for your, um, you know, instead of cutting the games from 162 to 142, maybe that makes up... Uh, uh, enough games to even have a full season. I, I would, I would love that. That if I, if it was my decision, I would do exactly what you said, Mitty. Yeah, it's just like because I think we can all agree it is, it is a great idea, and you want to build the sport around the world, and you want to showcase all the talent that's not in the major leagues. That some of the most exciting things. It, what was it? The was it a, a Netherlands pitcher? No, Nicaragua, who you know, perform so well that he ended up with a major league contract with the Tigers. Like that is what you want. You want yeah. this talent that, that isn't, doesn't have the ability to be seen by people to be on TV to guys who will never have the opportunity to play in front of full stadiums get to do that, get to play for the country, wear the colors. That's what everyone wants to do. It's a great idea. It's just not done. Well, it's, it's no. simply not done to perfection and to do it in frankly, a half-assed way. I feel like ruins it. Versus, and then you you hear so many reporters, major league reporters, just you know building it and saying, "Oh, what a great week we had! What an amazing!" and and just trying to throw flowers at it just to make it look great. Admit it, it didn't go great. There are issues here. Let's fix them because it's a good idea. 
So let's fix it so it can be a great idea and we can grow this game we love. No, absolutely. Like the the um, uh, they've got some other problems too with this event. You know, five teams are tied with a two and two record in one of the pools, and the tiebreaker, which we were talking about just before we started, um, is it, the tiebreaker rule. Nobody could. Uh, no, I want to jump back one second because I don't want to completely change off what we were talking about. If you two played for Team Canada in the WBC or in the Olympics and got to wear our country's name on your chest, tell me, I got I, part A and a part B. Part A, I assume both of you would uh, put that jersey in a shadow box and hang it in your house somewhere. You played for your country. Agreed? Yep. yep. Would you Would you showcase the jerseys this year? Oh, Those no, were pathetic. Horrific. I would definitely still showcase it, but I wouldn't be as proud of it. You need some, a lot of lights and glitter uh, to offset that, that uh, did you see great Britain's like, it looked like it was photocopied before the game and ironed on or something. I mean, and Canada's, I could hardly read Canada. Like, I like the red and white. Don't get me wrong. I like when we are our flag. I'm a big fan of the red and white. But you can do so much better. Look at the Venezuela jersey. They had the yellow thing going up and their burgundy across. It was, you know, funky. But at least it, it's something that's eye-catching. What were those uniforms? Why did Canada and Mexico both wear red jerseys last night? Thank you. What the hell? Seriously. <laughs> did nobody meet before the game? You couldn't have sent one text? Nobody walked to the other room? <laughs> The only clean ones they had left on the Wednesday. <laughs> no. Like Mexico, I would never want to be a Christmas tree, like a red and green uniform, but that's what they are. Fine. You still make a decent uniform, but no. I, I, the, the uniforms are a joke many times. The tie-breaking thing now is a joke. It's not that the formula is the wrong formula. If you have to run round robin, which – Hey, even the soccer, like the FIFA World Cup, which is the pinnacle. Like, I think that the NCAA basketball tournament is the greatest sports event on earth. But the FIFA World Cup is billions and billions of dollars. They they give all the countries so much money. They do so many things right. But they even start out with a little bit of a pool play, and then they advance and start the, the bracket, you know, let, that we're about to start in the WBC. So when you've got round robin – or pools and you have to have it kind of for TV. you have to have it kind of for fans to fly there and know they've got a ticket for the day their team's going to play versus oh we won tuesday morning now we play wednesday afternoon oh uh, you know i i swallow that it's not pure but i get why they do it but it's wrong in the wbc i think in any international event for any sport and baseball it's easy number one you should never Leave a tournament due to a calculator, ever. I don't care if you are going to play a five-inning game at 6 a.m. because all your flights are booked for 11. And, and, and oh, I don't want to play five mornings. Well, then you shouldn't have gotten the damn tiebreaker. That's the rule you know going in. You're going to play it on the field and decide it there. I do have another answer for that. But you're going to decide it on the field, and you're going to play at midnight tonight under the lights or 5 a.m. or – we're going to concoct something, and it's going to be decided there, not by a calculator. Again, the formula makes sense. It's 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 runs scored minus runs allowed divided by the 
offensive innings played at the top, uh, defensive at the bottom. It, it, it is a logical formula, but you shouldn't. Uh, that's how you decide ninth and tenth place, or eighth and seventh. Not medals in the Olympics or who moves on in the WBC. You should have to play another ball game somehow, some way, and like I said, make it. You know, start with a one-on-one count. I don't care what you do, but it has to be decided on the field. And back to the tie-breaking formula, I have another answer on that. If I'm ever the commissioner, which I'm, I'm suspecting I'm probably not going to get in that chair. <laughs> but this is going to be radical. But I'm telling you, you really got to just – anyone that hears this is going to say, this guy's an idiot. And you're not going to give it give, – remember what everyone – what I'm about to say – Every one of you remember what Bill Gates said when he was respected. Try to love every idea for 15 minutes. Try to swallow my idea for 15 minutes before you jump me, okay? And the idea is this. Forget the runs for and against. That's why we got in the brawls with Mexico, because we were bunting. Why? Because we could have gotten a three-way tie with the USA and runs four meant something against them, and then you're bunting. And now you can't have major leaguers play baseball their whole life, life the same way and see a guy when you're losing eight to two, see a guy drop a bond or steal third. Or, you know, you're going to have a fight because you're just not used to it. You can't say, well, for this week, we're going to think differently. They don't. They're creatures of habit. So here's what you do. Just get rid of all that stuff. Runs for, runs against. That's still the best formula you can come up with if you're going to go that direction. But just change everything to in the game played against each other, who won the first inning? If it was hockey, I'd say who scored the first goal of the game. You're not changing anything about the way you play. Of course you want to score the first goal of the game. And in baseball, you can't say that because the visiting team would have the advantage. You just say, who wins the first inning of the game? Maybe you go 0-0. Zero, zero. Maybe you go 2-2 two, two in the second. Maybe the three, I get one, you get two. If we're ever in a tiebreaker, you've got the ad on me, and we haven't done anything late in the game that's questionable. We're not going to the fourth decimal point to decide crap. It's slam bam. Love it for 15 minutes. I'm telling you, you'll swallow it. <laughs> All right, we got about uh, four more minutes here in this segment, and then we're oh. we're gonna see if you can we're gonna see if you can stick around for another segment because we love okay. talking about some baseball, and then we'll get we'll get to the rule changes on that side. But for for now, for the next four minutes, let's talk about the actual Team Canada team a little bit. Uh, the lineup and the young talent looked really good, especially the Julian kid. He looked phenomenal. Robson, I played against him, played with him. He was phenomenal. All these young kids looked really good. The pitching looked terrible. It did not look very good. I wonder if the starting rotation could have been maneuvered a little bit differently to allow Canada to maybe have a better chance against the Americans and the Mexicans who were going to be your best options or your best opponents. Um, I uh, heard their choices and their reasons. And of course, uh, neither of you guys are hindsighters either because you get it. Um, and I was okay with it. Um, I'm, I'm such a big Cal Quantrill fan. I mean, he just does everything so he's just like his dad. He's just first class and he's going to be a first class guy for a long time. Um, you know, uh, it's going to come down to, they expect you to be mid season form in March. And that goes back to our very first discussion of this call. I was okay with it, but boy, it was unfortunate. Um, the I mean, it's easy to identify the negatives too. I think the positives about our team that I saw were um, you mentioned the youth and the speed. 
speed never slumps. And speed was a big part of our couple of wins we had. Um, it wasn't just a long ball. Um, I like those young guys. I think Buck Martinez cited that Canada, of all the WBC teams, had the most top 30 prospects in their respective organizations than any other country. So that bodes well. And, and the reason we're even competing, we can't forget this. I tweeted this before to remind people. We're a country that is a hockey country. And baseball is a bridge between hockey seasons. And a bunch of money grab guys are um, convincing kids that you got to play 12 months a year hockey to stay up with the Joneses. No, you got to play 12 months a year so you so the guy can pay his mortgage in August because otherwise he wouldn't have your money. And if, by the way, if your parents check clears the bank, you're an elite athlete. Um, I think that, you know, we live in a hockey country. We get five months and a good year to play baseball. And we are 6,000 kilometers wide. We don't get to practice together. We show up. Good thing we're Canadians because there's such a sweet chemistry on that team. The guys love each other. What team wins any championship like the Pan Am Games gold uh, when we did win the World Youth? Gets on a bus and there's beer and champagne and they're singing what song? Not uh, Lady Gaga or, or, or Kiss Double Live Guns. They're singing Oh Canada. Like we're so maple syrupy. It's beautiful. And, and they do have a great chemistry. But I think that uh, um, uh, to be ranked in the top 12 in the world with those circumstances, like when I recently coached in Hong Kong, I had their national team on the field seven nights a week from seven till 10. We could prepare. Canada doesn't have that chance. They get off the plane. What's your name again? What are the signs for a bunt? And it's hit and run. Okay, let's go get them. And it doesn't really give us a chance. That's another thing about having the game, the the, the uh, World Baseball Classic later, but I I like those things about Team Canada, and I love what Baseball Canada did. Um, I'm happy to say I was a, a part of it, but I think it's one of the best moves we ever made was to get uh, so much of the money and the funding to go to the U18 team, so young people could learn how to pack a bag, how they could travel, deal with going through an airport properly, not like a moron, jet lag, time zone the climate changes that we go to, the humidity, the language, religion, culture. Did I bring my own pillow, pillow because I'm tomorrow's starting pitcher and last year I couldn't pitch because my neck was wrenched because my pillow was the hotel pillow. You know, wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'm going to have to cut you off quick because we're about to run right. out of time. So uh, you're listening to the Smitty Mitty Show on the TSMS Radio Network. We're going to come back with another segment with Tom Buck. Goldline would like to thank the sponsors, the volunteers, and the fans for making the Port Elgin Chrysler 23 Ontario Tankard and Scotties, presented by Bruce Power, such a great success. Curling has everything you're looking for in a pastime. Get started with equipment from Goldline, the choice of champions. Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, I'm in remission. Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in King Carden and Port Elgin. You're listening to The Smitty and Mitty Show. Welcome back to the Smitty and Mitty Show on the TSMS Radio Network. I apologize to our astound, or esteemed, esteemed guest. Is that the right word I'm looking for? Esteemed. 
I, I could, of, I've heard other verbs uh, uh, <laughs> or what are you, or adjectives. Yeah, yeah. I, I apologize for it, guys. Yeah, Mr. Tom Volk, uh, I had to cut you off on that last segment there because we were just our Zoom link was about to uh, go away, and I didn't want to do that without cutting to break. So I can give you the opportunity here. Thank you for joining us for another segment. Give me the opportunity to finish your uh, your thought on Team Canada at the WBC. Yeah, I mean, I I'd spoken about um, you know the, the 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 things that Canada overcomes. And we're ranked above so many countries that you would think would be higher than us in baseball. But now that we've been in the, you know, top 12, certainly top 14 for well, Greg Hamilton almost all, his whole time there. Uh, he's done a super job and Baseball Canada did that super job getting those young guys traveling. So that because that's before that period, especially when pros were not allowed to play. We were finding that, you know, the guys were sending. They're better than that. We, uh, maybe they aren't that good, but it wasn't that they weren't good. It was just all those guys had never really traveled uh, other than in the USA and the major leagues and stuff like that, or in the, you know, in college and that, but uh, it's a whole different story. And I'm, I'm just so glad they, they, that's why they, people think they're spending all kinds of bad money. No, Greg purposely takes them to Asia, purposely takes them to South America, purposely takes them to the Caribbean so they can experience those things and, and get those mistakes out of their uh, uh, arsenal before they, they cost the team. So I, I think those are, I think that's a very big reason that one, but also, um, you know, like I said, the speed they've got in the lineup now, um, the youth, the, the potential, and uh, and hopefully that leads to a, a better showing next time around. I think it was a total of five players in the starting lineup for Canada in their finale and basically throughout the course of the WBC that were under the age of 24, um, which was by far the youngest team in the tournament. And I think if you're looking to take away anything from this WBC for Canada, there's a lot to be excited for, hopefully for the next time this tournament comes around. I agree. Yeah. It's, it sure is easy to root for him. I was really, uh, I watched every pitch. Um, uh, I was teaching school today. And you can sort of see a piece of the classroom, but uh, the world will never know if I was teaching with one of my laptops with a game on. Come on, who would do that? It reminded me back when I was a kid in uh, Windsor in the 60s listening to the Tigers on that thing that everyone's heard about, the transistor radio in your pocket and the cord going into your ear, you know, And uh, uh, but that's what we did back then. You snuck it in, you know. During the, uh, during the Vancouver Olympics, I think, don't think we did much schooling. It was basically go to the class and then something was on the TV, some, some kind of, and that's what I love about our country. I mean, we're, we're extremely patriotic. We love our flag and we love to represent our flag. I mean, I got it tattooed on my arm. I mean, it's that easy. You get the leaf on. Nice. Nice. So uh, we're going to move on to the, the, the major leagues of baseball now. And through spring training, we've had the opportunity to see some of these, rule changes being uh, implemented and, and, and actually being used. Uh, a couple of them are, are great. And a couple of them are going to take some time to get used to. And one of the ones that are going to take some time to get used to is that pitch clock. I think it has looked very, uh, it's definitely sped up the game, but we are seeing, you know, we saw a game end with a three, two count two like two or a bases loaded two out three, two count on a, on a, a time violation. Hopefully those things get wrinkled out, but what's your first, uh, imprint on the the new rules especially the the pitch clock you know i'm i'm i've i'm not a fan of this commissioner i'm also not getting myself a job back in major league baseball when i see <laughs> that um but um uh, uh you got to call a spade a spade it's the same with the two top brass of the blue jays i'm not a, a terrific fan of theirs either but they uh you have to uh tip your cap and 
this this pitch clock is a good thing for the game. I mean, we we can't go forward in this industry without appealing to the youth, where the money is going to be spent down the road. That Major League Baseball has never looked at down the road. They only ever care about this year, um, and yet, uh, um, so I really credit him for this. Had to be a tough change for hitters who love to, you know, strap their velcro between their swings and scratch themselves in weird places and all that kind of stuff. Like you know, and, and that's got to go now. They they put it in the minor leagues two years. Um, I'm I'm all for it. It really has made a significant difference uh, on the uh, um, the small sample size that's happened. I mean, there's some games are like they say would have been an hour shorter or at least you know 40 minutes. And I think that's important as far as putting bums in seats in the future because there's just so much of uh, so many other options for young people today. Yeah, there's all the gadgety stuff, um, and there's nothing wrong with them running and and they're healthy now and they run their dogs and they. They're participators, not spectators. So you have to do what it takes for the industry to survive. So I'm all for it. Um, yeah, those, those, you know, what falls between the cracks, ending a game like that, it's like a kid that's, uh, you know, like a, like a toe drag over a blue line in hockey that didn't really make a difference on the play. But in fact, it was against the rule and they had to call the goal back, you know, stuff like that. You just, you just hate to see those instances for sure. Um but um, no, I mean, I think it's okay. Um, uh, I think that uh, be interesting to see with uh, Manoa because he's so successful, but he likes to take a walk once in a while around that mound and uh, um, that, that, that'll have to change. Uh, um, I hear a lot of pe- uh, people talking because I'm in BC right now. I don't get to see some of the day. Well, I don't see any of the spring training games because uh, I'm teaching here, but um I hear a lot of talk, though, about Bassett on the Blue Jays. He's got seven pitches. And holy mackerel, how do you how do you go through that uh, catcher-pitcher communication with a shot clock on that? So, um, you know, so there's some things that people are going to have to work out. But I think for the greater good of the game, um, I'm, I'm with it. Uh, now, um, Smitty, you said you're with it. Uh, Mitty, what do you think? Are you okay with it? Uh, yeah, oh, I mean – other way around. Yeah, sorry. Way around. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I'm for it. And um, as a as a pitcher myself, I've actually liked the fact that it has shown that it's not just the pitchers who are slow because we're seeing time and time again, it's the batters who are taking their time. Uh, you mentioned the, the doing up the batting gloves, everything like that. Um, it is the entire game that gets sped up here. And anything you can do to turn a four and a half hour afternoon at the ballpark into a two and a half to three hour day at the ballpark. Well, it won't necessarily affect if I'm going to buy a ticket or not as a, as a huge baseball fan, it's certainly going to help a casual fan or a new fan get to the ballpark and watch these games. And ultimately I think that's what major league baseball is trying to do is they're trying to get new fans. They're trying to get casual fans into the seats instead of just watching the 32nd video on their phone. Absolutely. And not to mention, uh, um, I thought it was Tyler Smiddleton, by the way. I'm just joking. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think also, you know, when you think about selling radio ads out in the other nine provinces or um, getting people to watch TV or getting uh, advertisers to put their logos on the outfield fence of the Rogers Center and stuff like that, if people are, you know, continue to nag and, and, and it's always said about baseball, the games are too long. So they might think, well, geez, Everyone that works in our office here doesn't like the game. Why are we advertising there? So I, I think I think it, it's uh, it's a must for the money part that uh, um, that kind of drives that. So um, yeah, I mean 
Uh, are you guys now? I can see your. Uh, I can see you almost from the belly buttons up. I don't see any uh, black armbands on you guys. Are you not um, uh, honoring or uh, missing yet the fact that the Blue Jays took that tuxedo out of the dugout? <laughs> I was never a fan of it, but I mean that's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. Um, it was fun. I get it. A lot of teams do it. But I just, to be honest with you, Tom, they're going to replace it with something else this year. I know it. I don't know what it is yet, but something else is going to be in the dugout this year. I See, hope the, the, the interesting thing is that the guys that you kind of, there was that core group of players, right, that seemed to be the silly ones, right. the ones that were always goofing around. And it, it kind of seems in a way like the front office said, like, if you guys are going to do this, we're getting rid of you two of your buddies. You guys aren't going to joke around like that because we're here to play baseball. And they went ahead and they – you know, they got rid of Hernandez, they got rid of Lourdes Goriel, and now the the real core, the Bo and Vladdy are sitting there, and they kind of ha- are surrounded by veterans and Kiermaier and, and, and Merrifield and guys that they now have to have a little bit more of a of a veteran presence, or at least of, uh, of that you're getting paid millions of dollars to play baseball, so let's play baseball. I, I think so, and I think that uh, uh, I thought a, a sign that uh... – puts an exclamation point on what you just said was when they brought Don Mattingly onto the staff. I can't see Mattingly being a guy that would be encouraging about that stuff. Did it, did it, did it hurt them? Um, no, they seem to all be successful with it. I, I, I it's like, um, you know, it, it was laughable and sort of cutesy. I, I, I hate to say those words because I'm against it. I, I'm against it because that old codger part of me, is against that kind of celebration. We're just becoming the NBA, you know, a guy popping his shirt off when he just hit a three to make the score 11 to eight in the first quarter, you know, or the NFL guys that rehearse those touchdown things. And yet the touchdown made it 42 to 14, like, and, and now baseball has become that. And, you know, our, our Bautista, who's going to be on the level of excellence, uh, well-deserved um, was uh, vilified. Uh, six years or whatever that was ago when he uh, and now the commissioner uses bat flips for advertising on commercials so that's where we're going with all that I'm, I'm not for all that at all um, and that's why I guess one of the things that jumps me out about Cal Quantrill is I know he'll you'll never see him pointing at guys or um, you know I don't know I it, it draws fans no question uh, kids love it that's why they allow the NBA and the, the NFL but I, I was always hoping baseball wouldn't go there but um uh yeah the jacket just the thing is after that one year again i don't think anyone played worse because of it or they got distracted it probably kept them light it worked for them and that's what i was trying to sort of accept it by saying but when they didn't make the playoffs how did that jacket even come back the next year it didn't like if it made the playoffs i'd think okay they're going to keep it until they don't make the playoffs or something but and then last year they sort of made the playoffs but they're you know one two barbecue and um, it, I, I was really hoping it would be gone. So, um, you think they'll replace it though, eh? With something, I just you just get that feeling, don't you? That something. Well, it maybe not, maybe not a jacket, maybe it's a hat, something like that. Uh, it just seems like something that almost every team. Don't the Red Sox have the shopping cart in the dugout, right? Like teams have this. It's nothing new. Um, at least in the last decade of Major League Baseball, that teams have these celebratory items. Yeah, I wonder if we see it back. I'm starting to second guess myself because maybe getting rid of the jacket is the whole right. The Moose Ears, uh, Great Britain with the with the crown at this year's World Baseball Classic. 
Um, so you start, you start to you, you start to see these things more and more. You just wonder what's what's next for the Blue Jays. Maybe it'll take half a year. Maybe we won't see it till the end of the year. But I just you get the feeling something will be there. Yeah, well, we'll see. That'll uh, you know I uh, um, I, I hope they'll uh, send it to St. Mary's and put it in the put it in the <laughs> box and keep it there. Throw the key away. Yeah. Now the. The Don Mattingly thing, I think, is actually really interesting now that, now that you mentioned it, because when he did get hired as the bench boss, it was kind of like it, it was it was a bit confusing to, I think, both of us. This is a guy who he was, you know, a very good manager in the major leagues, had a, a terrific major league career, obviously. And he kind of takes a job that is almost seems like a step back on a Canadian team. Like it just, it seemed like a weird move. How did, how did the Jays first of all come to do that? And how did Manningly in the first place, just accept that this was his next route? I, I thought the very same thing. And the only answer, and I have no, I've never asked any people who are on the inside now, cause I'm on the out. But uh, my only conclusion was that he wants to win a ring and this team has a legitimate chance to get there with, especially with the, they made some good moves in the off season. I mean, I hated losing uh, Guriel. He was one of my, Guriel and Espinal are to me, two very unsung heroes on that team. And I think Guriel is going to have better years ahead of him. And uh, I think we're going to miss him. Um, and tail, I mean, obviously he brings what 30 plus homers and uh, yeah, he had some spots on defense and, and gaffes and whatnot, but um I, I don't know. I just find uh, with him, it's going to sound materialistic almost, but he's got one of the most charming melt you smiles I've ever seen man or woman anywhere. And I just thought that must be so comforting to the young guys when he would give them that smile of, his, of approval, because uh, I don't know, he just seems to be a very warm, caring guy. And uh, so I think they'll miss that. But, um, I, you know, I think Springer's healthy. I think they're going to make up for those home runs. Um uh, and I, I hope those two guys tear it up in Arizona. I really do. Do you think that the Mattingly thing had anything to do with a rookie coach that just got the intern tag taken off him? That Not that he's there by any means to be a backup if John Schneider just doesn't work out, that you have somebody to take the spot, but that he is there to mentor a younger coach who they clearly love and have pushed up through the ranks. And it seems like he's doing a good job, but at least he's there to, to, to help uh, train John Schneider to become the next long-term manager of the Blue Jays. I think that's very viable. I think that, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I love the Schneider story, um, you know, drafted Jays 20 year in the minors, won a little bit in the minors, but um, I, I, I wondered when Montoya was hired. I wondered why the last three or four guys, I, um, um, who was before Montoya? Uh, uh, he's back in with someone now as a bench boss, bench, uh, bench coach, uh, but who's our manager before Montoya? I'm trying to, I'm trying to think how, how far back do I go? Was it not the uh, Farrell? No, oh, how far uh, back do I go in there? John Gibbons, wasn't that John, John Gibbons? Gibbons? Yeah, sorry. Oh my gosh, isn't that <laughs> terrible? It's not like we didn't all have him in our heads. Somebody who's come up with a name, you know. Um, but Who Gibbons, same thing. I, I wouldn't have hired him. He didn't have they had a playoff team and they didn't hire a manager with playoff experience and and and. You know, a couple of years ago when they didn't make the playoffs, um, I, I thought the, the managing was terrible in the last week of the season. Um, what they did and didn't do against the Yankees, I won't rehearse it all, but it was it was god awful. And I thought we wouldn't have gone anywhere anyway in the playoffs. And 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 uh, Mattingly has played in the playoffs and been there, and he's got rings. And uh, Schneider has it. And yes, Schneider's won at the minor league level. And 
But but at that same time, well, I wouldn't have he wouldn't have been my pick because they're so playoff ready. Um, I watched him last year and his half of the season or whatever it was. I, I wasn't looking to pick on the guy, but I certainly would have said it. And there was very little that I had to complain about his managing. I thought he did a terrific job. But having Mattingly there gives you that buffer, gives you the assurance that you won't make a rookie mistake with that load of talent they've got right now for maybe the next couple of years. And, uh, yeah, that does sort of legitimize the uh, the decision on Mattingly. And, and I guess, therefore, we should be thankful that he wants to win that bet and, and was willing to come to Canada of all places because I'm sure a lot of American cities would love to have him. All right, Tom, we got time for about one final question here. So uh, I'll wrap things up with this. The moves the Jays have made this offseason, the team that they have put together here coming in to this 2023 season, where is this level, uh, the mark of success for the Toronto Blue Jays in 2023? You got to be in the playoffs. Do the Jays have to win the round? Do the Jays have to, to make it deep into the playoffs? How do we early on measure the success for Toronto here? It's oh, a great question. I think during the season, I think it's very simple. Look at the latest Vegas tote board. The last time I saw it, uh, the under over for wins was 92 and a half of the Jays. That's, that's a, well, that's Vegas. They know what they're doing. And that is such a hard decision. I'll ask all three of us to commit to over or under on that for the record. I'm going to take the under, but I'm going to say the Jays still get into the playoffs. Um, uh, but, uh, but then, as you said, what defines a good season? They've got to go at least two rounds in the playoffs, at least. That that wasn't a two out of three isn't. That's uh, like one of those uh, play-in games, you know. It's not really playoffs to me. What do you guys think? I think I'll take the over, only because I'm feeling optimistic, not because I think it'll actually happen. But I'll take the over. Okay. Well, I mean, they were a 92 win team last year, right? So the question just becomes, are they better or worse with all those moves? And the fact that Vegas thinks they kind of stayed the same with all those moves that were made is really interesting. <laughs> they don't think really anything positive or negative happened. And a lot of guys were moved in and out. Um, I mean, that's why they're so good. It's such a tough number. I'm going to take the over just because I think the starting rotation is better this year with a couple of the additions. And, but I mean, it comes down to that bullpen and if they can score as many runs as they need to that with losing some of the powers, but I'll still take the over. I should have qualified and said, I hope it's the over. I'm, I'm <laughs> such a fan of that team. When I get mad, it's only because I, it's like disciplining your kids. You love them. And, and that's why, that's why it hurts more when they, when they don't do right. The caveat too is are the Yankees better? Are the Red Sox better? Are the Rays better? And are the Orioles getting better? And I mean, Arguably, everyone except for probably the Red Sox got significantly better. So it, there's reason it's the toughest. I wish they would switch divisions. I wish they would change everything around and put the Jays with the Red Sox or with the uh, with the Tigers again. That's what I wish. Yeah, yeah. The uh, and and yeah. I mean, uh, how about Kikuchi? Uh, are you drinking that Kool Aid yet, or uh, is he going to be number five guy? It's pretty good. I like he, him so far. Yeah, I loved him last year too, but he just seems. You don't find many lefty starters that throw that hard. That's the thing that makes people cling on. Is the guy can sit 97, 98 easily with that fastball that's loose. It looks beautiful. I, I tell you, I'm going to go crazy watching Chris Bassett throw all year because pretty much everything that you're ever taught as a pitcher, he does the complete opposite. I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, he's going to be interesting, that guy, and especially whether they're allowing the, the, the that equipment to go from pitcher to catcher as well. They're still thinking about that, and 
and how the catches are going to, you know, uh, work with him. Um, I can I can see those things. You know, the Gosman thing with his foot that keeps up and down. It was a balk last year every time he did it. And they just didn't they call finally, it. He did, and then they'd call it, and then he'd do the exact same thing, and they wouldn't call it. Like, <laughs> it is a block. You can't do that. Come on. You know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's starting pitching. Uh, it's one of the things I really buy into with uh, Kevin Barker when I get a chance to catch that program. He, he talks a lot about the, the the teams that were successful last year. I don't remember the numbers, but they, they, they like, all the teams that were in the playoffs had the most innings pitched by their starting pitchers. Not like the four guys they named starters, just their 162 starting guys, whoever they be, maybe a pool of 20, um, logged more innings than all the others. And that when it's that strong of evidence, then it has to be a factor. And he's really um, trying to pin Suzuki, uh, Suzuki, uh, um, how do you say it? Um, Kikuchi. Kikuchi. Kikuchi, sorry. Um, uh, he's really pinning him on the Jays needing him for about 170 innings. Boy, um, there's an analytic that's very interesting. I, I really hope he gets there because uh, I really like him too. I, I loved him when they signed him, uh, just like I loved Ryu when they signed him. Things aren't maybe working out, but uh, you can't you can't hindsight three, four, five years later. You got to say I like it on the day or I don't, and I like both of those signings. So there I am. I've credited the Blue Jays brass today. I haven't said a darn thing bad about them. So make it you might get a job after all. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are out of time here, Tom. Once again, thank you for hopping on and joining us. Uh, always a pleasure to get to just listen to you speak. Um, and yeah, for once, kind of kept things uh, in control with your thoughts on the Blue Jays front office, <laughs> which I think if this is the third time on the show for you, Tom, might be the first time we've gone through a show without you doing that. Yeah, well, I'm, it's the way I coach. It's the way I parent. It's the way I teach. If you, you know, you're, if, if all you do is give the kids negatives, then every time you approach them, they're going to not want to hear what you got to say. So I think not only should you, but you have to give them positives because people need to know what they're doing right. And that way also when you approach them, they'll accept you because they're hoping they get the 50% that's the positive. So, uh, But it, it does seem to work. People, people, the negative reinforcement is just a thing of the past. It doesn't work. So. <laughs> Tom Volk joining us here on this Media Media Show. We're going to go ahead and take a break and we'll finish off the show on the other side. Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things, get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today. I'm in remission. Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in King Carden and Port Elgin. Goldline would like to thank the sponsors, the volunteers, and the fans for making the Port Elgin Chrysler 23 Ontario Tankard and Scotties presented by Bruce Power such a great success. Curling has everything you're looking for in a pastime. Get started with equipment from Goldline, the choice of champions. Now back to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Smitty and Mitty Show here on the TSMS Radio Network, wrapping things up for yet another week here on the show, on the radio airwaves. And a big thank you, Tom Volk, for hopping on, joining us and talking. Uh, we said off the top of the show that you were in for about 40 minutes of Tom Volk, and I think we actually went a little bit north of that on the show this week. So... 
Get your Tom Volk fix in. We'll bring him back another year from now, and we'll keep on talking baseball. And the thing I appreciate is that the eight minutes that we got to talk around there, uh, all we said was Tom Volk, I think. So there was really nothing of substance of, uh, aside from the interview. Yeah, you got to really buy your uh, Tom Volk stocks because – like we're just we're just talking it up. We what do you think the over under was before this episode of you saying Tom's name in my life, or like just just like, like right just in this in this show this episode? How many times do I think I'd say it? I don't know, probably half dozen. Like I feel you like gotta I'm be creeping up on like th- you gotta be creeping up on thirty right now. Yeah, because I was gonna say I think a half dozen. Like I would put the over under at six and a half. Might have been fair coming into this show, and I'm probably at yeah. It's got to be at least fifteen. Tom Volks, if not north of that. And not one of the guys either that, like, we respect him too much to just say Tom. Like, yeah, I got to say his full name. Yeah. Like, it's it's Tom Volk or Mr. Volk, and I don't think we ever call him Tom just because of that respect factor. Exactly. Uh, Anyways, big thank you uh, for him hopping on, joining us, talking baseball. Always a pleasure. If you missed it there, his name is Tom Volk, (laughs) and he's one of the greatest baseball minds in this fair country uh that does it for our show this week big thank you to our sponsors dave middleton at sun life financial life brighter under the sun and gold line curling the choice of champions for helping make this show possible uh tim horton's briar wrapped up last week while you were on vacation mr middleton quite the finale mr gushu finishing on top in the briar here in london great performance by uh by team ontario though and a friend of the show and mike McEwen. Yeah, a couple friends of the show. Uh, I actually posted it on, I think it was the opening night, uh, McEwen versus Felix SLA. Uh, and two friends of the show going at it. Do you know what bugs me that we didn't think of? Is that Larry and Felix were definitely in the city. And we never once tried to go have dinner with them. I think it was actually just Felix because I, I did message Lori and I don't think she was there. So um, You messaged her? Well, I, I tweeted that out and then she responded. So, but I don't think she was there. I, I feel like she would have posted some pictures if she was there watching Felix. Well, I, I she know. definitely if if she realized that she was in our town, she definitely would have. Yeah, because we're big, we're big shots. So. We're big deals. We're big deals. Uh, anyways, we'll wrap things up here for another week on the TSMS Radio Network. More sports content comes your way next week from Noah Smith, Tyler Middleton. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>